This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek, podcast number 75, recorded February 18th, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. Getting pretty close to the meetup now, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. It is. Hey, you know, I wanted to respond to uh, actually a question that one of our uh, one of our listeners emailed me. I emailed him back, but I just think this is one of these things that totally deserves to be shared, I think, with everybody. <clears throat> we don't need specifics, but essentially uh, this person was saying, hey, I'm thinking about going Linux entirely, yep. and I have a, uh, you know, I have a, a, a Mac desktop of some kind that I've used for a number of years, but it's a few years old, and I'm planning to go to a laptop and I looked, and with uh, you know a Mac, a Mac Pro, MacBook Pro Retina going for like twenty eight hundred bucks, I you know I I don't think I want to do that, and uh, I I just don't want a Windows box, so I'm thinking about going Linux. And <clears throat> I think you probably saw my reply. I replied, "Yep." And uh, I I think this is something that's probably good real quick for anybody that's making a decision. I think number one, when you're looking at Mac hardware. The ultimate Mac hardware is generally not what you want. Like, it's rare. Sometimes it is, but when it comes down to it, they are willing to sell you things that are just stupidly far beyond what you would ever have any desire or need for. For example, the Retina display. Yeah, now that that goes even beyond it, but I was thinking even in terms of, like, say, the Mac's configuration, uh, uh, Mac Pros and things like right, that. It's right. like, there's just no need for it. I mean, you, you almost never have a use for it. So if you're going to a site and thinking like you would buying a pretty average Windows laptop where you're like, well, show me the max configuration you've got because that's what I'm going to need to buy to get something that's not going to suck in a year. Um, not not true with with Apple. Um, <clears throat> just because they're willing to give it to you doesn't mean you probably Yeah, I would say it. if I was going to be getting a laptop today and it, it would probably be like a mid-range MacBook like yeah. a MacBook Air or something like that. Yeah, actually. it was actually really it was really funny because uh you know I tried to I tried to go through it as quickly as I could and I think number 1 I pointed out that I I'm still convinced that the Retina display is pointless on the laptop simply because that kind of resolution does not offer fairly significant benefits in such a small monitor. I mean, if it was larger, there are advantages to that. But well, like, and there's there's distinct disadvantages as well. Like yes. it, it it's grinding the processor harder to generate the right. uh, the right. display for it, and <laughs> not all applications are compatible with the Retina display, so uh, they're quad pixeled, they're doubled in size. So it it's not there yet. And, and even if it was, that's my, my point is that yeah. even if it is there, I mean, that was the one that everybody runs to. Everybody's like, oh, yes, but not all the apps are – you know, who cares? Even if they are, I think the bottom yeah. line here is that the advantages of that extra resolution are very small. And the cost of it, even if even if it can do it, you know, and we're not, we're not even getting into the Apple, it's brand new and it can melt thing. You know, I mean, we're just talking about even if it's fine, the the heat and the and the battery 
you know, just the resources required to run that display are not laptop compatible. I mean, the the advantage of a laptop is it's portable. So if you need a bigger battery to deal with that or you lose some of the runtime on it or it gets hot and burns your lap or crap like that, there's just really no point, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's my take. Anyway, so yeah. you remove the, the retina, it's a grand. It's literally a grand difference. So yeah, I was I'm, like, so number one, right there, there you go. It's not 2800 bucks. it's 1800 bucks. okay? Right. Well, the, the other thing you want to watch out when you're getting a laptop to is uh, on the Linux side, if we're going that direction, is to either get one that is pre-configured for Linux, like Ubuntu or something, right? or find someone else that's already got it up and running and has a walkthrough on how to do it because, you know, I've got that netbook that I got a, a, a few years back now that it runs Windows great, but it barely runs Linux because the all the hardware are various alternate versions of different chipsets right. and stuff like that where you have to put in 30,000 different parameters <laughs> to get it to, to even work, and then it's all manual switch over. Like, it doesn't hibernate properly and whatever. As I still run Windows on it because it's, I only have Linux on there for the very few times where I need to, you know, perform you know raspberry pi maintenance on a on an sdhc card because it's the only one that has a card reader so yeah so so i think i i think a couple of things there's there's that i think number number one uh if you're thinking about going linux because to spite apple or or windows uh, I think you may be cutting off your nose to spite your face there because it's a lot of work i mean you you honestly are going to have to be prepared because it's it's definitely an also ran uh, operating system in terms of user day to day use. You know the kind of thing that you're going to use on your laptop or on your your desktop that you do ninety percent of your work on. Right? It it doesn't mean that it's not great or that it can't do things or that there there isn't software available. It's just that at best you're going to be doing something out of the norm to where you're going to have to think more about every task uh, in order to to uh, do it with alternate software or with alternate versions of the same software. Uh, you're If you're planning on, uh, in most cases, you can't just go out and buy it on the laptop. If you can, that's great. But you're going to have to, <clears throat> you're going to have an additional investment involved in all of that. And here's another one. Netflix won't work on it. Yeah, so that may not really be a big one. That may not. That may or may not matter for a laptop. It may. I it mean, it might be that knowing. portable. Try to, you know, use it on the road or something like that. Absolutely. Realize, oh, yeah, Silverlight doesn't exist over here. That's what, so. and that's what I suggested was making the list that uh, it's been kind of our standard thing. This is really why I brought it up because I think hmm. we've said this a couple times. We did it with Android a while back when we were thinking, hey, could I use an Android phone? I, yeah. I think the answer is make a spreadsheet. This is the best way to do it. Number one, make a spreadsheet. Number two, write down along that, you know, in column A, every application that you ever use on that device. Laptop, you know, desktop, whatever the hell you're thinking about converting. In his case, laptop. Write down every single one. <clears throat> then go out to the side, go find the equivalent. Uh, <clears throat> Note the equivalent, note any additional cost, because, hey, you may have to buy some additional apps or license some additional apps or new versions of the same app in order to do what you want. Uh, and then you're going to get some idea, number one, of what kind of battle you're going to fight to do the things that you normally do. 
And number two, if there is cost involved, and uh, we discovered there was, for example, just going from iOS to uh, Android, yet it really was like 50 bucks or something. We didn't really care. Yeah, um, this is the introduction into the app market of just the initial purchase. And, you know, yeah. once, you get, once you get a few helper apps there, then it's not so bad. Yeah, but I mean, like, for example, I know Sean is a, is a real nitpicker when it comes to spending any cash on phones. So this is the guy who will take the free phone instead of spending 100 bucks to get the latest thing. Right. <clears throat> He's going to care about that 50 bucks, you know? Yeah. It's going to matter to him. It's, but that's the bottom line. You look at it and decide what matters to you, and you can see that, hey, if you're going to lose half the apps that you use all the time, well, maybe that's a problem. So anyway. Yeah, and, I, and, all, and I would also say from the uh, trying to figure out how those apps work side, uh, you could either, uh, you know what, when it comes down to it, just install VirtualBox on a machine that you have and install the Linux you're going to use in it and try out those apps. Yeah, totally. I didn't mean you can to do hide- that on Mac. You can do that on Windows. Just you know, it's it's kind of a good it's 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 a benefit of you know the operating system choices. You could just install that free right. operating system in your in the one you're using right now and see how it goes. It's not and VirtualBox is real easy to install and uh, so is Ubuntu. So yeah, know. bottom line, though, I didn't mean to hijack that, but I just thought you know that's probably worth mentioning to, to oh, a yeah. lot of people because I I think. Uh, uh, I think a lot of people might benefit from that. Yeah. Speaking of hijacking, did you yes. hear this um, exchange bug with iPhone? No, tell I'm not using it, but tell me about it. Um, okay. Well, apparently there is a lock screen glitch in iPhone where basically the like 6.1.1, mm-hmm. uh, you can use the um, a combination of like the uh, emergency call and the power button and you can effectively bypass the lock screen entirely hmm. okay yeah and apparently there's a bunch of exchange connectivity bugs where it's like you know you know eating up traffic and not and not connecting properly and apparently well, apple's coming out with a fix for it but right I, now if you've been having exchange problems let me why wow you know uh i i don't i don't use exchange but um it doesn't surprise me. I, I thought they were gonna they were deprecating Exchange altogether. No, I don't. I don't mean Exchange for Gmail. Like Exchange, Exchange is still like Microsoft's front leading service, right. For email, so like it's it's. I would probably bet it's probably one of the most popular email services in the world. Huh. You know, in terms of business, I mean, every everybody oh, no, connects I- to a corporate work Outlook email address, which is you know pretty much anybody that has uh that's in a large corporation with a kind of an internal network in a microsoft infrastructure will be on an exchange server and using an exchange uh connection the 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 advantage of the exchange connection is that you get um like push notifications and you know auto provisioning and all this extra stuff that's integrated uh into the kind of corporate work workplace so it it is a very big problem if they're having exchange issues on iphone because you know that whole bring your own device argument in the uh, in the professional sector is is gaining momentum, and if they hit roadblocks like this, that can that can do a lot to damage uh, to damage that kind of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. The bring your own device thing has always been uh, really contested. I think because, like, on one hand, everybody's I was- like, I don't want to carry two phones, and 
Uh, <laughs> and the other hand is the IT department going, I don't want to administer 30,000 different types of phones. More like can't, right? <laughs> can't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like it's not, it's not a matter of I would, oh, I don't want to. It's like, it's not possible, you know? Yes. There's a reason that every, sim- every single person's work laptop in the same company would be the same model. It makes it easier and it makes it manageable to actually yeah. be able to deploy patches and services and that thing. It can be really tough too, you know. I mean, I I'm <clears throat> in a couple of cases. I'm like a, I find myself like with a, you know, in a small company with with a couple of people, and we handle our own stuff. We don't have a dedicated IT to bar. It's us, you know. Right, right, right. And and the funny thing is, is that it, it always shocks me how hard it is, even with no standardization, even with only two or three people that. You always have the one guy. Every time you do anything, there's like the one guy who just does not get the memo, you know? Yeah. And is always on the conference call trying to figure out how to work the conference call or on the call trying to figure out how to work one of the shares where the documents are supposed to be. How does meeting work with my Sony Clie? <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, come on, oh. you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's hard because nobody wants to standardize, but everybody, anyway... It's frustrating. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wine off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a response from my, uh, my brother about our last episode. Yeah. Where we were, we were waxing nostalgic about those, uh, those laptops that would swing around and yeah, I saw convert. That. From, it, apparently, we don't watch enough live TV to uh, notice that apparently every third commercial is a commercial for one of those swing around, fold around laptops. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I agree with him that they're making a comeback. I think the, the, the <laughs> Lenovo IdeaPad for a grand, you know, I, I'm not convinced that this is... I've never seen anybody in the world with one of these. So Have you ever tried to like hold one of those the way they want you to, like on, on your forearm and using the, the stylus with the other? It, it, gets, it gets old real fast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in fact, I've only known a couple of people that had any of these things, much less this one, um, yeah. and and uh, it just never seemed to work. So I'm I'm not convinced. Granted, the touchscreens have come a long way with with tablets being as popular as they are. So I think it's probably more likely that this device, this Lenovo's that he linked us, is probably uh, a lot better device than the ones I was talking about. But yeah, I. I I'm not behind that. It's making a comeback. I don't think anybody really cares that much for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the past, the big market for those those were uh, you know were doctors and dentists, right? And and honestly, they're using tablets. I've seen yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I heard something off of. Uh... I think it was talkandroid.com that Google is rumored to be opening retail stores. I would love to by see by the that. end of 2013. I would totally in, love to see that. In the same vein of the uh the Microsoft and Apple stores. That that'd be interesting. It's like I'm I'm wondering, I'm thinking of like what products would it just be a wide array of Android phones or would it be like here's the Nexus 4, here's the 7, here's the 10 and here's the Chromebook. How many would you like today, please? <laughs> I think you could do that. Um you know, it's funny, the picture they show, I am pretty certain, is actually one of the Chromebook checkout points at an airport. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm almost certain that's what it is. They have one of those, incidentally, in Dallas, If you, when we've done the... Uh, yeah, I the, think it's an E-terminal. 
Yeah, it is. Well, when we've done the Virgin flights to California, yeah, uh, we've they they've had them. Never have they had it on our flight though, so I've never been able to actually. I would have done it just to get the experience and see how it works. Yeah, but, I I didn't have it either, but I there was one time where I had like two and a half hours before my flight, and I I wandered down to it, and it, there's a lot of people showing some interest in that thing. So yeah, it's funny. I I, I like in the picture the uh, the chrome uh, like ottoman. <laughs> that's the that? uh, the chrome icon yeah. yeah that's pretty cool you gotta admit that's that's a neat idea but but that aside i i think that if you let's put it this way right now the demand for the nexus 4 and the nexus 7 uh and to some extent the nexus 10 but definitely the 4 and 7 very high uh which i think if you provide a way to sell those to people good things are going to happen which would mean like my favorite would be put them in a kiosk like the uh like the best buy kiosk or the uh uh or the apple kiosk that have had really the the best buy mobile kiosk would be a great example i think right uh if you had a google kiosk like that where you could buy nexus 4s and nexus 7s uh chromebooks man i don't know it seems like that would be the right size fit because I mean, unless unless they're planning uh, to balloon out their number of products yeah. this year, it it's really a kiosk sized selection of 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 what's available. Oh, agreed. Yeah, another good one would be like the the Windows Store, the Windows like kiosk in the mall that they're doing to to uh, put I the surface out. Yet. Yeah, I should take pictures. There's one in the mall here, but <clears throat> I, I could see that as well. Honestly, I think the biggest like problem with this is that i i'm not convinced that google is like firmly in the product business yet i mean they are i know they're selling the four and seven they're great products but i can't help but wonder if if this is really like a slightly bigger version of hey everybody do it like this like you mentioned uh, a number of podcasts back you know just as an more less of a we want to make this product and 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 make it forever than a hey we need to do this so that the manufacturers will figure out how to do it and do it right and then we can get out of this business mm. and i i hope that's not the case because uh quite honestly they screw it up i mean they come in and they they put their overlays on it and they just screw it up the uh, biggest selling point for the 7 besides it being a relatively good form factor and and uh you know and a lot of other things is the fact that it runs native android yeah well and i don't know i think that they're not in that kind of let's make a standard and then once people are caught up fade away because the the amount of the just the sheer amount of people that have flocked to the Nexus 4, not based on any hardware spec, but based on I am sick of overlays. Yeah, yeah, totally. Means that you're either going to have uh, this product line expanding and Google directly offering more stuff by different manufacturer deals, but with the Google stamp of approval right, on it. Right. Or you'll get it through uh, through other um, manufacturer skulls that, um, oh, so we can't really treat this like it's our own platform anymore because it's not i don't know it'll yeah. be interesting it'll be interesting to see which way they go on this um i, right. I think either way it's going to be from the manufacturers and from the uh, carrier's perspective it's probably going to be pretty painful and my opinions are my own <clears throat> yeah because i work for italian hey yeah. speaking of which did you hear it's now illegal in the states to unlock a, a phone without uh without carrier approval 
Yeah, you know, I have a couple of feelings about that. Um, number one, I think uh, I'm not entirely sure w- until the business model changes significantly. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure that there's really a huge advantage in in like it really makes that much difference. Like, like I'm not sure why you would illegally unlock the phone unless you were you. Like it used to be that that they it, didn't. Un, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's it's probably a few different things. Is um, certain phones like the AT and T iPhone? Sure were just not unlockable right and i'm not sure if that's still the case but for a long time that's just like no you can't do that so it would have to be a custom you know custom root kit to to unlock it um a lot of them say well you know it's it's not really any change because you can get out of it if you you know if you go through the carrier to do it but the carrier will sometimes either not permit you to unlock the phone or have a process that may not um you know that they'll charge charge money for it that you know you might be able to unlock it cheaper by doing it through another um through a third party or something like that my confusion comes from the fact that you know the contract is already in place there for product subsidy yes so that's other what than I'm saying. other than that termination charge i'm not sure what they gain on this what i was thinking i thought about this for a while I'm like where's the Follow the money here. Where's the benefit here? And I think it's not so much about using the the DMCA to go after individuals who unlock their phones. It's for, um, you know, kind of gray market stores that obtain phones and unlock them. Right, right. So that, you know, that way they've got the DMCA to throw at them of like, okay, and you were violating the law in this in this manner by, you know, obtaining 30 phones, unlocking them and selling them as unlocked phones and completely wiping them and all of their exactly. information off and them. Then I is, think that's, it's it's like piracy laws. It's that they're trying to go after I don't even, the people who are providing the, the problem rather than the consumers of the... Yeah, I don't even think that's really... I, I just, I can't... Like on one hand, you're like, I hate the DMCA. I think the DMCA is a is a crap way of 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 uh, managing situations like this. So yeah. I'm against anything really DMCA DMCA related. Period. On the other hand, I don't think this particular decision is going to affect me or most of, or 99 percent of people at all. You know, it's one of those things where you you because of the business model, you're not going to be buying a phone, a locked phone in a situation that that the contract that they're not subsidizing the crap out of it, you know? So you're going to pay the fee to get out of it. And I don't really, if, if somebody subsidized your phone, I don't really feel for you having to pay a fee to get out of it. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. You know, you took the 500 bucks, you're going to pay it back, you know? And if you, if you want to screw them over, then you're going to have to deal with that. But right. Well, okay. Th- there's, there's ex- there's fringe- screw the DMCA. I just want to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, think about my my experience where I was trying to get my water damaged iPhone unlocked. Uh-huh. Um, it had not been on service for, you know, a mm-hmm. year right. or so. Right. But the rules for the carrier that I used to unlock it, and I won't right. be unkind and not say their name. Um, their, the rules was that I had to set up a new account with them and put some and put money onto it and then pay for i don't know it was like a certain small amount of time on the account to activate it 
to buy a new SIM card for it and then pay the unlocking fee. Only at that point would they unlock it. They were never going to gain any subsidy from this. This was a phone that was completely off their books. Right. But because I wanted to unlock it legitimately, I had to sign up for new service, pay for a SIM card that I literally threw away in a garbage can on the way home from buying the SIM card because mm-hmm. I didn't need it anymore. And all these extra fees. And that that's really the problem is that if I, if I, you know, if I were in the States and, and I had said, okay, well, you know, I'm willing to put up with a little bit of um, whatever and go to the $15 unlock place instead of paying the, you know, what eventually wound up being $150 to get it unlocked from the carrier, then that would, that would be against the law. And that doesn't make any sense because, you know, it, it's kind of, I know it's a fringe case, but it's one of those loopholes that I got stuck in and it's really frustrating. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do this correctly because, you know, I'm a goody two shoes on this kind of stuff. One one possibility here is that uh, this is going to bring a lot of focus to the unlock rules. And when they have stupid ass unlock rules like that, uh, Mm -hmm. I I think they're going to find themselves challenged pretty effectively now. Yeah, based well, on this, which is a good thing in my in my book. Oh yes, yeah. It, any anything that can shine a light on on that kind of stuff. I, I once again, I, the my opinions of this are my own. But I mean, even up in Canada here, every, almost every single carrier has kind of looked at their contract setup in the last few years, and kind of it's not like it's any cheaper or more expensive to have a cell phone contract here. But now it's arranged in a way that it makes sense. It's like, okay, well, you, you're buying this phone, which means that you're effectively paying us off this amount of dollars per month, which means that when you cancel your contract, right. you have to pay us the remainder nice. of what you owe us for this phone. Nice. Um, the, ulti- the ultimate thing would be to just, you know, you know, take that away and just say, okay, well, if you want a phone, you're going to pay for it up front, and that would make things straightforward, but people want cheap phones, so this is... This is kind of a so the good next middle best thing I think would be uh, would be you being more transparent, like we're essentially advocating here, which is okay. So you want to finance your phone through a subsidy? Great. Here's the subsidy. Here's your deal. Here's your out, and we have a standard out, which essentially says that because it's illegal to unlock your phone uh, without the carrier's permission, the carrier has to unlock it under these circumstances. You know, in which right. case we're getting pretty reasonable. We're not there yet. It's kind of screwball. Um, Again, well, and, and when I was working for a for a call center for another telecom, um, mm-hmm. there were there were exception rules. Like if you were doing international travel to a service to right. a country that right. did not provide international roaming charges, right? Then then you could say, or or it was you know you know outside a certain group rate, then then you could say, okay, well then you can go in and request an unlock code. I think though that with the the contracts the way they are. There isn't really a need for the yeah. for the damn hardware to be to to be network yeah. locked because they're still going to get their money out of you either way. Yeah, I don't understand it. I it's it's not. Uh, that's I think that's another reason why the Nexus Four is so popular. Yeah, yeah, maybe the the, the ability to say okay, if I'm going to buy a smartphone, I'm going to buy it for three years, but I don't know if I'm going to be with the same network for those three years again, and especially with the um, the kind of reseller networks that are out there that provide very nice uh, low, you know, like low paying 
for for prepaid options, that kind of thing for like say students and stuff like that. Three years is a very long time, and you know they want to buy one phone and use it for any network that they have over the next three years. Well, bottom line is you can buy unlocked iPhones, for example. You can buy them from the Apple Store. They're very expensive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're like start at what seven ninety nine or something yeah, like that. I mean, well, that's the real price of these things. Yeah. Nobody really considers that. That it has been for saying, a long time. People well, just didn't exactly. get it. Yeah. Yeah, and, everyone's going. Oh, phones are so expensive these days. It's like no, they're no not. idea. Not. You have. <laughs> they are, but you're not seeing a dime of what, yeah. what it really costs. <laughs> Hey, one last uh, one last thing to get in here this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see you added this, and this is really great, which is an update on the whole uh, Best best Buy uh, internet price matching. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I love the fact that, uh, number one, I thought this was a great idea at first, the idea of, hey, you know, because showrooming is a big deal. I showroom all the time. I mean, who the hell doesn't, right? I mean, oh, I, I don't anymore. Best Buy shut down up here. <laughs> Well, but uh, yeah, you know, you go in and you find all the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Whatever. Exactly. So now you're going there. I mean, the good news is, is that when you're showrooming in a place, you don't really care what their purchase, you know, policies are because you're not going to buy from them anyway. So all you really want to do is fondle the hardware, right? Yeah. So you go in and you fondle the hardware, you buy it via Amazon, hence showrooming. So the funny thing is, is that uh, apparently uh, The Verge covered this pretty effectively, I think. Uh, they after after pretty much denying that showrooming was a big deal and everything, uh, Best Buy came along and said, "Oh, hey, we're going to make this thing permanent. It's not just a Christmas thing. You know, originally it was we'll we'll price match online, uh, you know, at Christmas time to avoid the heavy showrooming during the Christmas season, which is especially a good plan because hey, you know, that's when people want stuff fast and there's nothing faster than hand it to me, you know, which yeah. is great." Um, but they have managed to completely cut the balls right out of this to where it has almost no value. I mean, yeah, so, it, it may catch you, but apparently here's the deal. So, so not only – go ahead, I guess. No, go, go. go. No, so yeah, here, here, here it is. So at first it's like, hey, you found it online. Uh, if it's reasonably reputable, we'll match it, right? Yeah, okay, here's the deal. So they, they only match a list of 19 retailers – which includes stuff <laughs> like Apple and Amazon and Crutchfield and Walmart and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, with all the standard sort of thing. And then the best part of this comes at the end when essentially uh, The Verge was kind enough to discover, uh, reading the fine print, that, yeah, okay, they'll price match now, but they've also halved the window for returns to 15 days instead of 30 and as far as i can see that's not just for the price matching no units. That's, that's for, for everything, everything in the right, store right. now admittedly i have to admit i have never bought something and returned it 27 days later okay I, it's I, usually like 42 minutes later when you take it home and realize that it's either doa or has a dead pixel or something yeah or you're like oh crap this was really stupid you know and if it takes you honestly if it takes you 20 days to figure that out i'm not sure that's really <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't know i'm wondering what what kind of long-term studies they thought about this because what this is going to do is this is going to kill sales from december 1st to 15th yeah because what they're going to do is, you know, a lot of people, when they buy gifts for their family, Absolutely. they say, okay, well, here's this tech thing I think you so wanted, true. but the receipt's in the box if you want to take it back. And they're going to have to buy things like three days before before Christmas. Yeah. 
This is going to result I do in that like anyway, a new so. Black Friday. <laughs> oh, yeah. But <laughs> That's pretty much. You just described all of my Christmas shopping. I'm a bad example, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, the, if you're a res- ro- uh, reward zone silver member, you can Whatever the return hell your that exchange means. products for 60. I don't know. I think it's like it's like air miles. As if you buy like $30,000 worth of stuff wow. from them. Yeah. Get a card that has your name on it. I'm not sure what it is. I I know that I had the points program going up here, and I never got to a point of any kind of. Uh, oh, I got rewards. I got a number of five dollar gift certificates from them. Oh, nice. I didn't even get that. <laughs> One time, I got as much as like thirty or forty bucks in a year because I had bought I don't know a couple of laptops and some other things, but most of the time, nothing. And I, I honestly don't care. I lose the five dollar ones regularly because I don't use them because I just don't need to buy anything from them. Uh, I, man, Amazon is just such a killer when it comes to this. Yeah, I'm, I, I left my Prime subscription on, by the way, and I let it uh, oh, nice. renew for the year. Um, and my two-day shipping is literally next day. I, yeah, for, it is often, isn't it? It's it, crazy. It's, it's, a, it's awesome. It's, I, they must have a warehouse in Vancouver because, you know, I've, I've, there's been a couple cables and, and a, another memory card for the, uh, for the Raspberry Pi that I needed, and Everything I've ordered from there, if it's prime shippable, it just seems to show up the next day. I my mouse died the other day, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. not not the uh, not the Mac one, but the uh, oh the one the uh, cheap Microsoft one on the uh, on the PC, and mm. I just went, okay, well, you know, Amazon.ca. <laughs> yeah, ordered ordered a Logitech one, and the next day it was there. I'm like, okay, and I'm that's a, I'm a big fan. I bought a lot of my school books through that. I bought. Um, uh, man, I buy stuff all the time off of Prime. They are getting a little bit smarter here. Like, uh, like you can't buy small light items in a lot of cases that way, or very inexpensive items. Like, they won't overnight you like a fifty cent item anymore. It used to do any damn thing, pretty much. Like, what I noticed that they did is I did a bunch of separate one click orders, and yes. then they actually threw them all in the same box. Which is funny because they, if you upgrade, they will charge you per item, and you have to keep that in mind, you know? Right. Well, I'm like, I could do the, the, the one-day shipping or whatever, but it's going to show up, at, as I tested when I first signed up for this, it's going to show up at the exact same time as the two-day, so I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah. I mean, if you really need it in one day, pay the four bucks, you know? But if you're... Uh, you know, if you don't, a lot of times they'll beat it anyway. Uh, maybe twice have I had something show up late. It, it happens, but usually it's a carrier delay. And I mean, you got to imagine after like two years or so that I've had Prime and I've used the crap out of it. Um, maybe a co- <laughs> twice, maybe in that whole time. This one time I ordered a part and it had to ship up from the States through Ontario and then back uh-huh. west. Right. And I was looking at the UPS tracking and, you know, it's like still in whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I go and look at it during my break. Um, I was working at the call center and I see the, the words, um, package derailed on train. Oh, like, Oh, okay. So a train derailed and That's why my package is delayed. You know, well, it's just it a real bad office. translation. Yeah, <laughs> huh, all right. Yeah, no, I can't complain. I can't complain. And return policy has been medium decent. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of a crapshoot. What happens with that? Sometimes they are extremely, 
uh, helpful where literally they've cross shipped before and just told me to keep the other one. And, right. and, and at other times they've been really heinous about it where they're like, I want, I want pictures. I want all this other stuff and you're going to sit on it until we figure all this out and it can take a long time. But in general, I would say that the average experience is no worse than a store, if not a little better, you know, but anything you want to add here in wrapping up? Uh, just wanted to, uh, I'll have more details on this when we get into it, but my brother and I have started a project for my, uh, for my parents. They want to get into that, uh, Soto central, uh, ah. centralized audio distribution system. So I had a that, friend that was really into those. They're, uh, yeah, they're, re- they're doing a full reno on their entire ground floor, um, putting in like a new kitchen and stuff. And they're like, we want to do this right. We want to be able to have all of our music and, you know, play it anywhere in the house and. So if anyone has had any experience with the Sonos audio system, I uh, have. send me a e- Well, I, I know. I was going to ask you. But if anyone else has, Juan at GalacticWaterCooler.com. Let me know how, <laughs> how it worked out. Um, but my, my initial result is it looks like it's very, very user-friendly and you pay through the nose for it. <laughs> pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah, I, I did a review uh, for a, a magazine, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, and And... I had unit and and a big chunk of the gear here, four or five different components of it, and used them for about a week. And yeah. uh, they're they're brilliant. I mean, they just nice. work great and absolutely wonderful. And since then, they now have iPhone apps and everything. So on the off chance and they Android do well actually too. want to control it, you can. And uh, it's great stuff, and it's well supported, and it is just completely over the top expensive, like thousands of dollars to get a system up and running oh yeah and uh if you're willing to pay it it's nice stuff but uh you know stop my buddy (laughs) exactly yeah it's it's just awfully hard for me when i'm like well i can do that with a couple of hundred dollar airport expresses and i get uh 95 percent of the behavior and yeah every now and then there are issues admittedly i have had some issues and you've seen that I, i had some but ever since i I recreated. Oh, yeah, I forgot to ask, how is your uh, how's your airport express been? Is it been Fine. stuttering still? Not at no. all. Ever since really? I moved it, in fact, I've been so lazy. I haven't moved the new router yet either. I just left <laughs> it in the closet because I I fired up the old uh, airport extreme that was sitting in a different room, yeah. uh, and I just fired it up and put just the airport expresses on it. Actually, my Christmas tree uh, Wemo switches on it as well. But other than that, <laughs> I mean everything else. It's just just those that's fine no no stuttering no nothing so it's on its it's own great. frequency up on a yep. different wi-fi yep. channel and all good it's all it was basically load and interference yeah and the problem oh, went away geez. so i just forgot about it <laughs> i don't even care so, I don't see so, the, so all your laptops and stuff are on the new router yeah. and then you're oh well that yeah. works i'll yeah. just leave that router in place and clean up the other one you're that, done yeah that, w- that was my plan <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, I, can't, I see no problem with this. So, yeah, anyway, I mean, you could pretty much buy yourself a really nice, brand new, sweet ass router, uh, four or five airport exp- airport expresses, and get pretty much the same thing and uh, for about, I don't know, a quarter of the price. So, <laughs> but great stuff. They're going to love it. Yeah, well, they're, they're looking for the ease of use and the kind they're gonna of. They're going to get uh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, I guess that's it. Uh, we'll see you next week. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. 
If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum, galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.